This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, well, who had a good time this morning? We had some church this morning, didn't we? Amen. Good stuff. Well, tonight, we're actually going to be starting a new Sunday night series called Spiritual Grown-Ups. And what we're talking about is how to grow up and mature spiritually. Because, you know, we all, you, you got kids, you understand what it's like. It's cute whenever they do certain things as a baby. You know, it's kind of cute. They spill the stuff. They make a mess. They, whatever. But then it starts getting less and less cute. You know what I mean? Like I told you the story of my kids and the crab and the goldfish in my van on the side of the 15 a couple of days ago. Like that was cute. But if that happened when we were 15, that wouldn't be so cute. And, you know, it's cute whenever, you know, the, the kids, you know, spills, what you know, whatever. But it, it stops being cute after a while and you're like, okay, that dude needs to grow up. He's 25 and he still doesn't, you know, brush his teeth. That's sick. You know, like stuff like that. You, you, there comes a point in time where you have to grow up and more is expected out of you. And it's not so cool when you've got somebody that, that you know, they, they've been a Christian for, for 20 years, 30 years, and they still are, they just haven't advanced beyond a newborn baby. And the Word of God many, many times makes the comparison of our spiritual life to our natural life. You know, it talks about as newborn babies, we're supposed to desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. But no doubt about it, God has expectations and His desire is for us to grow up because when we grow, we advance in life. We start moving forward. And so, you know, sometimes I hear people say things like, well, when I get my life together, I'll start coming to church. Listen, you're never going to get your life together until you get to God and start, you know, come to church and start giving your life to Him. And so no one expects you to come into a church and be perfect and have it all together because, number one, nobody here does yet. But also, listen, you're not going to start growing Spiritually and maturing as a Christian until you have a little bit of time to sit with the Word of God, and then God will start raising you up step by step, little bit by little bit. And so, we're going to talk tonight, starting this series, about spiritual grown ups. And tonight, we could have gone so many different areas, and I've got just a lot of things God spoke to me over the next several, several weeks. This will carry us into the fall time, people, so this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. But, let me say this, tonight the title is, Spiritual Grown-Ups, They Play Well With Others. Because have you ever been in a classroom with a bunch of preschoolers? You know, Anybody? You know, I volunteer at the classroom parties and stuff, and and one thing I've noticed about preschoolers is they're still learning how to play well with others. They get mad at each other. They, you know, they they call names such as poopy face, uh, booger lips. Uh, I mean, you know, just things like that, and and the list goes on and on, dummy stuff like that. And they call little names, and and they take each other's toys. When someone's not looking, one of them will grab the other one's snack. And that's not cool because my brothers still do that to me to this day. But anyway, but I'm just there's, you know, it's cute when you're kids, but not when you're a grown man. And so here we are. And and after a while, you expect, you know, you you start saying like, man, these kids, they need to learn how to play with each other. Right. I mean, they're just fighting all this stuff. And you you kind of expect that with preschoolers, but we shouldn't expect that with mature Christians. And I know some people that they have been in church for a very long time, but they still don't play well with others. 
they can't get along with anybody. And that's sad. I mean, you know, they're fighting with this guy. They're drama over here. They're gossiping over here. They're, they're saying this and, and getting at this guy and all that stuff. Listen, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how long you've been there. God doesn't measure your maturity just because you've been in the church for 50 years. He measures it by, are you mature? Okay. And so if, even if you've been, been in serving, serving God, loving the Lord for, for all these years, but you don't have the most basic fundamental part of Christianity down, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Timmy, do you want him to call you booger lips? Then don't do it to him. Little Johnny, do you want him to take your G.I. Joe and hit you over the head? Then don't do it to him. And, you know, this sounds like so basic, but the truth of the matter is we've got born again Christians that have been in church for years and they just don't know how to play well with others. They argue, they fight, they call names, they gossip and all this stuff. And listen, that's immaturity. You're not getting anywhere in life until you learn how to treat other people right. And the Word of God places a big emphasis on how you treat other people. And in fact, in Galatians, Paul said, whenever you have the opportunity, you need to do good to everybody. And then he says, but especially those of the household of faith. So you should treat everybody right. No doubt about that. But it says even more specifically, especially your Christian brothers and sisters. And so I've got very low tolerance for Christians that can't play well with others. That doesn't sit well with me. If you can't treat your own brothers and sisters right, that's not cool. That's not mature. And we, you know, there's not a lot God can do with somebody that doesn't know how to treat other people the right way. And so... Let's go ahead and open in prayer, and we're going to look at a few areas tonight where we can mature. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word and how it is the answer to everything that we come across in this life. And Lord, I know your desire is for us to grow up spiritually and and to move to the next level that you have for us. And so, God, I pray tonight that as we open your word, you're going to show us the things that we need to see so we can stretch and grow and be the men and women that you've created us to be. We thank you, Lord, that you are good and you have our best interest at heart in everything that you say. And so we thank you that we're listening and you're you're bringing us up to that next level tonight. In Jesus name, everybody said. So one mark of a mature Christian is this. All right. They avoid fights. And you're taught in this world that, oh, no, that's a sign of weakness. You know, whenever somebody wants to fight, you stand up. Like, Man, please, that's stupid. Don't be like that. That, that. that is the biggest sign of immaturity to me is somebody that enjoys going around fighting with people and arguing. Listen, I will write you off quicker than you can imagine. Like, I'll fight. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, anybody else that we can do, find it to, to, to serve in your spot. We are not going to deal with, with that. Mature Christians know how to avoid fights. And I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to go uh, to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3. So I'll go to Proverbs 12 in a minute, Jose, but we're going to skip over to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. And so the ways of God are different than what this world teaches you. Have you run into that yet where you've heard one thing your whole life and then you read something in the Bible and it says, no, do it the opposite way, you know, such as give and it shall be given unto you. You know, do unto other. Listen, our whole lives, our human nature and the people surrounding us, they've told us one thing, but then the word of God says another thing. And so, you know, maybe if you come from a, a, a family that's 
prone to uh, to rage and anger. And and, you know, I know some people they've just raised in homes where there's there's fighting. I was, you know, this one guy's a friend of mine. He was talking about I used to love going to my cousin's house because they were Christians. I'd go over there. They all loved each other. There was peace. Everybody got along. Man, I said I'd go home. We were throwing each other through walls and fighting and punching each other. And he's like, I hated my house. I hated my home life. But I loved going to my cousin's house because they were Christians and they loved each other. And that's the way that it should be. That's, that should be the testimony of a Christian. But Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3, it says, Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Man, there's a lot of truth in that right there. It says avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. And this world tell you, no, no, you avoid a fight, man. No, that, that means you're a punk and you're no good. And blah. No, 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 no. The Bible says avoiding a fight, that's a mark of honor. That makes you an honorable person. But fools... They insist on quarreling. I mean, come on. You know somebody that they just insist on quarreling? Do you know somebody? It's not you, but somebody you know. I'm the only one that knows anyone like that? Man, that's crazy. But I know people like, yeah, I do. You guys may not. But I know people that they insist no matter where they go. They switch jobs, and sure enough, they argue with everybody there. They switch schools, and sure enough, once you know it, everybody there is mean too. Everybody's just backstabbers and punks. And then, okay, so they moved, they moved somewhere else, and wouldn't you know it, the people in Texas are just as bad as the people in California. So they moved to Massachusetts. Everybody in Massachusetts is bad. They move up to, you know, to wherever else. And wouldn't you just know it, everywhere they go, they're surrounded by mean, nasty people. Isn't that sad? You know, they, they switch churches to get, get away from the mean people at this church. And once you know it, a few months later, everybody at that church turns me. Well, that tells me that you're a fool. And you insist on quarreling everywhere you go. If everywhere you go, you are surrounded by drama and strife and fighting and bickering and gossiping. Listen, you're taking it with you, man. That's not everybody else. That's you. If it surrounds you everywhere you go, it's time to look in the mirror, man. Listen, only fools insist on quarreling. And the, the book of James tells us that where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Have you ever been in an atmosphere of quarreling and arguing? And I mean, there's just this confusion. Like nobody even knows what's going on at this point. They, they, they don't even know why they're fighting. And everybody, everybody's just confused. It's just foggy. And you don't even know what's going on. You don't know which side is what. And listen, that's because where there's strife, where there's quarreling, there's confusion. And it says every evil work. Fools, they must, I don't know why, man, but they insist on living this type of life. And I sadly, I'm not making fun of them. I'm not putting down on them. I'm not, I want them to get help. But I know people that they insist on quarreling. They insist on arguing and fighting every day, everywhere they go. And the Bible says that person is a fool. Don't be like that. That's no good for you, man. And I, I can tell you what, the people around you, they don't want to live like that. They don't want to have to put up with that. And so it tells us that it's a mark of honor to avoid a fight. And I'm going to show you Proverbs chapter 12. Let's flip back over there. Proverbs chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 16. Proverbs 
12, verse 16. And so a lot of this, this just goes against the grain of our human nature. It goes against what we've been taught. But I thank God that Isaiah tells us that God's ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And I know this much, when I do things His way, even if I don't feel like doing it, even if I don't understand it, it always turns out a whole lot better for me. It always turns out a whole lot better when I do things His way. So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, it says, A fool is quick-tempered. But a wise person stays calm when insulted. A wise person. And so we're talking about spiritual maturity here. The greatest test of your maturity as a Christian doesn't come whenever everything's going great. And yeah, man, I just, you know, I got a, got a raise, got a promotion. I, you know, everything's going great, man. I'm, I'm mature. Well, that's good. That's good stuff. We love that. But that doesn't test your maturity. Maturity is tested in times like this. When somebody insults you, we will know how mature you are depending upon your reaction. If you have to come back with, with an even greater insult than what they gave you, you're immature. And quiet here, man. Whoa, geez, I haven't heard of this quiet since like man. I was in here praying by myself, and it was louder than this. All right, check it out. We will know how mature a person is. This is this is for real. When we see when someone insults you, when somebody says something you don't like, your response will will reveal everything we need to know about your maturity. If somebody says something bad about you and you retaliate like, oh, yeah, guess what? Wait till they. Oh, I've got something for them. Yeah. Nobody talks about me that way. Good man, that, that is stupid. That is dumb. That, that is no, because Jesus He says, no, when somebody insults you, I tell you to bless those who persecute you. Do you know what bless means? It means to speak well of. The word bless in this context, it means to speak well. So Jesus literally said, when somebody persecutes you and insults you, I want you to say something nice about them. Like, whoa. Mind blown. That is that goes against everything that we've ever been told because we're told, man, no, if they say you're stupid, you call them, you, you say they're stupid and they're dumb and they're ugly. You get them back. You don't let anybody talk about you that way. Nobody's going to walk on top of me. You know, if they hit you, you hit them twice. Then you get your friends to jump them after school. Are you serious? That is immaturity and stupidity at the highest form that there is in this world. If you act that way and that is your behavior, that's immaturity because that goes against everything Jesus said. He said, when somebody persecutes you, I want you to bless those who persecute you. Do good to those who do bad to you. Don't repay evil with evil. You overcome evil with good. And so this is difficult. This is super hard to do. But whenever somebody does wrong to you, Jesus literally says, do something nice back to them. Wow. That, I mean, this, this just goes against what we've been taught. But we're talking about how to grow up spiritually and how to become a mature Christian like Jesus wants us to. And, you know, I, I was thinking about the, the, old, uh, the old classic uh, movie, um, Toy Story. Anyone remember that? Okay. And so... Here we are, you know, uh, 
Woody and Buzz, they're getting into it. And I remember they're, they're Toy Story 1, not 2, 3 or whatever they're on now. But, but Toy Story 1. And they're fighting. And, and, and uh, Buzz says to Woody, revenge is not an idea that we practice on my planet. Of course, then he says we're not on my planet and then they, they fight. But, but think about that. Think about this. Revenge is not an idea that they practice on that planet. Well, the word of God tells us that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I can tell you this, that revenge is not an idea that they practice in the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to see anybody up there plotting revenge to somebody that, you know, took their mansion or, or, you know, took their piece of manna or, you know, got in the river before them or whatever it is. Because there's nothing to fight about in heaven. But you're never, the revenge is not something that is practiced in heaven. And listen, we are not of this world. We're of the kingdom of heaven. We're the kingdom of God. And the, it tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, check it out. Revenge is not something that should be part of the Christian life, the Christian vocabulary. Now, we're not saying that you just keep letting someone smack you around and, you know, get punched down in life. I mean, there's some times where you've just got to step away from somebody and say, I'm sorry, I'm not, I can't let you, you know, keep doing that to me. And there's a time to walk away, for sure. But there's not a time to retaliate and go after them and try to hit them back and, and all this stuff. That's not the way that Christians behave. Christians are not of this world. And so, you know, one of the biggest signs of immaturity that I see is just somebody that has to have the last word every single time. Did not, did too, did not, did too. Do not. But listen, that, if you have to have the last word, no, that's immaturity. And it's time for us to move to a higher level in Christ than that. Because, you know, we all, we see these people in the Bible that reaped great rewards, great blessing. You hear people telling testimonies at church. You see God doing things in people's lives. Well, listen, you don't get those type of blessings. You don't, you don't get those type of blessings if you're not going to advance to that level spiritually and start maturing, right? I mean, you know, people get jealous of like, for instance, doc, doctors make this much money. That's no fair. That's stinking fair. They went to school for 12 stinking years. Yeah, that's fair. They deserve every penny. I don't, I'm not mad that doctors make all that money. They deserve it. They got the education. And so, you know, when somebody that, that decided well, they didn't want to go that route, well, you can't get mad at him just because he did want to go that route. And now he makes tons of money. Listen, he put in the time. He did what it took to get there. So you can't get mad at him. And listen, you don't need to get jealous because your brother or sister in the Lord got something good. Man, maybe they, they got on their knees. They prayed before God. God told them to change some things. They were mature enough to listen to God. Maybe they were mature enough to love their neighbor as themselves. And God said, okay. Okay, I'm going to bless them now. Listen, we've got to grow to the next level and we've got to run our race and not worry about everybody else beside us. And so no doubt about it, according to Proverbs chapter 12 and chapter 20, one sign of a mature Christian is they know how to avoid fights. The next thing we're going to say is this. Number two, they know how to go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Let's look at Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. We getting anything tonight? Amen. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look here at verses 38 through 41. Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 41. And Jesus loved to come in and, and I mean, just shake people's thinking up. 
you know, kind of kind of throw some new teaching out there that just went against everything that they knew. But Matthew chapter five, verse thirty eight. Jesus says, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So under the old covenant and the Old Testament, it was the law. If somebody punched you in the eye, well, justice means that you get to punch them back because it's an eye for an eye. If they knock your tooth out, then you have you have the right to knock their tooth out. And then we call it even and it's all over with. That's justice. Well, that's the old covenant. So Jesus says, you've heard it said the punishment must match, you know, the crime an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Look at this. But I say... Do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Go the extra mile. And so this, I mean, the disciples, they've been raised Jewish. They've been raised under this law. They knew it. They were very accustomed to what the law of Israel was. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If someone slaps you on one cheek, slap their cheek. If they say, carry my stuff, you say, no, you carry my stuff. And I mean, can you see how this would just be a never ending cycle of people fighting and quarreling? But Jesus says, I'm going to tell you guys a whole new way to live your lives. If somebody slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other cheek also. And I can imagine these guys are like, what? What are you talking about? Turn the... Go the extra. Oh, my gosh. No. What? This is crazy. This is this is what, what are you talking about? I mean, this had to be just absolutely earth shattering to them. This was a brand new teaching. Jesus said, you've always heard it this way, but I say. And so, listen, you may have always heard it one way, but Jesus is showing up tonight and he's telling you, you've always heard this. But I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who do bad to you. Bless those who persecute you. If a soldier comes and demands you carry his gear one mile, carry, go the extra, go two miles. Listen, he's saying to go the extra mile. And, 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 and a lot of times we get caught in this concept like these guys were. Well, that doesn't sound fair because we are conditioned that everything just has to be fair. Well, I learned a long time ago that life is not always fair. Sometimes it's not fair. So you have a couple of options. You can sit there and cry and throw a fit like a little sissy. You could do that. Or you could just do things God's way and say, that's all right. You know what? He may have said that about me, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to bless him. You know, I pray that God works in his life. I'm just going to let that go, man. Water under the bridge. I'm just going to let that go. And I'm telling you, man, that is a much better way to live your life because we've all been there. You've you've had somebody say something. You've just let it fester in your heart. You've you've thought about it. You've gone to sleep thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. You all day long. I can't believe he said that. That's miserable, man. Isn't that miserable to be sitting there dwelling upon the wrong that was done to you? That is a miserable way to live your life. And Jesus says there's a better way. The better way is to just just let it go. And, you know, Isaiah 53 prophesied about Jesus being crucified. It says he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He was insulted and, and, and beaten, but he didn't retaliate. He didn't even say a word. That's big. 
That's big right there. In this moment, when Jesus was being insulted and everything else, it says he didn't he didn't even say a word. That's incredible that he didn't even say a word. And so there's a lot of maturity in that right there, where if you're always just so worried about how you're going to how to you know get back at this guy and that lady and blah, 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 blah. Man, that's a never ending cycle of misery. It never ends. If your way of life is always having to retaliate, always having to get the last word, that's a cycle. It's a circle. You're going to do that your entire life. You're going to be a hundred years old, still mad at people, still trying to find a way to get back at them. And listen, that's that's no way to live your life. I would I'm the type of guy I would just rather you can go ahead and say it about me, whatever. I mean, I mean, I probably won't even take the time to deny it. That, that's fine. Whatever. Let's just move on with our lives here. I don't need that drama. I don't need that in my life. And Jesus said, I've got a better way for you. And so we have to realize going the extra mile, that may not be what we feel like doing, but that's what Jesus said to do. And, and you've got to know this. Listen. To be a mature Christian, you don't always just do the bare minimum because we've run into this mentality in our lives of just, okay, I'll obey, but I'm going to do like just the bare minimum to get by. You ever, you ever told your kids to clean their room and technically they like kind of obeyed? I mean, technically there's not a pile of junk on the floor, but still it's like they definitely didn't go the extra mile. You know what I mean? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and technically they obeyed, but they they didn't put their heart into it. That's for sure. They did the bare minimum to say, yeah, I obeyed. I'm going to go do my thing now. And that's what a lot of Christians do. They're like, oh, say, I didn't say anything mean about him. So I'm, I'm just I'm just going to. But Jesus said that that's the start. But I want you to go the extra mile. I want you to bless those who curse you. I, I, I want you to carry that gear an extra mile. Jesus took it a step further to get us beyond just doing the bare minimum. Because bare minimum is what little kids do. It's what immature people do. I like somebody that'll that'll go above and beyond the call of duty. Those are the ones that get promoted to the next level. If I'm a boss and I'm looking at people to to promote within the company, I mean, I, I've worked with so many people over the years. Like every day, they just do the they they show up. And I mean, they do the bare minimum that it takes to still maintain employment. Like that, but they surely don't do anything above and beyond that. And then a position opens up for a supervisor. Oh, I think I'm going to go apply for that. All right. Like, are you serious? There's no, I mean, if this, if, if the people have been watching, there's no way in the world that they should promote you because you don't, you do the bare minimum. I remember one time when Katie and I, uh, we were telemarketers in college. I'm not proud of that. But I was. I, I had to survive. I had bills to pay. And so we were telemarketers in college and, and they had this supervisor position opening up. I, for one, wasn't qualified because I stink at selling things. But Katie was very well qualified. She was one of the top salespeople there. She can sell like crazy. But this other this other young guy that I mean, he always showed up late. He he never he didn't have a good attitude. He he left early. He took break. All, I mean, just all this stuff. He goes and applies for the same job. Well, lo and behold, Katie got the position and he did. And he was just flabbergasted. Well, I've never been so insulted in my life. What, what is wrong? I, don't, I just don't see it. And I'm like, bro, listen, listen. You just barely squeezed by. You are barely eligible to be employed here because you, you never even show up on time. Why would they put you in charge of other people when you can't lead yourself? 
You know, we're not, God's not going to make you a leader of others when you can't lead yourself. And so that's a sign of maturity when you're able to go that extra mile. God's going to say, yeah, you're ready for bigger and better things. Well, I'm going to, well, I can just send more into your life. You've been faithful with little. Now I'm going to make you faithful over much. Just like it says, just like Jesus told that story. So let me show you Colossians 3.13. Colossians 3.13. We've got to know that Jesus would never ask us to do something that he isn't willing to do. And so he says, go the extra mile. And I know this much. Jesus went the extra mile for me. Jesus went above and beyond anything that he owed me because he didn't owe me anything. But Jesus went the extra mile for me. And so he would not ask us to do something that he's not willing to do. He said to forgive and to love. And he did that on his on his dying words. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. So he is our example of what it means to live this type of life. Colossians 3.13. I love this verse. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And that, that first line there, that always gets me. Make allowance for each other's faults. We are told you got to cut people some slack, man. Just because not everybody else is perfect like you are, you got to give them time, man. You've been there. You've been perfect for a while. The rest of us are trying to catch up to you. I'm being sarcastic. Some of you are like, are you serious? No, I'm listen. Nobody's perfect. Make allowance for their faults. Cut them some slack. Give them a little bit of room to get there, man. Don't just jump down somebody's throat the second they don't do things the way that you want them to do or, or, or the way that you thought it should go. It says, make allowance for each other's faults. And it says, forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Because Jesus forgave you. Forgive who? Anybody that offends you. Because Jesus forgave you. And man, I get it. This is not the easiest stuff in the world to do, but this is how you grow. Whenever you grow, there's such a thing called growing pains. Remember one summer, I, I man, my legs hurt so much. Uh, and, and I, you know, I went to the doctor and they're like, well, you, you know, you've grown six inches in the last four or five months. You've got growing pains, man. It hurts when you start to get stretched and you start to grow. And it's the same way, man. Whenever you're growing spiritually, it starts stretching. You're like, oh, man, I don't know about it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it's called growing pains. That's a good type of pain because it means you're getting somewhere. You're finally starting to move forward in your spiritual walk. And so when Jesus says, forgive anyone who offends you, that hurts a little bit, but that's a growing pain. That's a good thing when you start to do it because that means you're starting to mature. You're starting to grow. You're starting to move forward in your Christian life. And so God is a God of mercy. Everybody say mercy. Mercy is a beautiful word. I am so grateful that God shows His mercy to us. Lamentations 3.23 says His mercies are new every morning. Thank God that He gives us new mercy every single morning. Even if you goofed up yesterday, hey, that's yesterday, today's today. His mercies are new every morning. 
morning. And so if God is a God of mercy and he's our example, we need to be children. We need to be people of mercy, people that know how to cut others some slack, people that know how to make allowance for each other's faults. This is starting to grow up. This means that we're starting to mature finally. And so if we're going to grow up and we're going to and we're going to treat people the way that God wants us to, if we're going to play well with others, you need to know how to avoid fights. You need to know how to go the extra mile. And the third thing that we'll say tonight is this. You need to learn how to look for the good in other people. You need to know how to look for the good in other people because there is good in other people. Amen. I mean, we've all got our faults. We've all got bad in us. But but listen, there is good and we need to look for the good in other people. It's miserable if all you ever do is fault find and nitpick and just examine everything like, oh, I know he did this, but he also did this. So I just I don't I don't even care to think about the good things he did because he did this over here. I know she did. She said this, but she also did this. So listen, you don't always look for the bad in life. I know people that no matter what, I mean, you could make the, you know, you take them out to breakfast. You could, you know, give them a, give them a check for a thousand dollars. You could do this and this and do all sorts of nice things. But in the end, they find the one thing that didn't go how they thought it should go. Listen, that's, that is not right. That's not how God wants us to be. He doesn't want us to always look for the negative in life. He doesn't want us to always look for the bad things. Because, yeah, it's not a perfect world that we live in. And if you want to find bad, it's not that hard to go find bad. It's not that hard to go find people's shortcomings and faults. It doesn't take long to do that. But listen, that's not what you're called to do. God didn't call you to be his special little servant in this world to find everybody else's shortcomings. He's looking for people that can say, I, I know he, he's got some rough edges, but I'll bet underneath there there's a heart of gold. I'll bet that this guy could do this. And listen... That's how Jesus chose his 12 disciples. And I think about this all the time, that Jesus chose these guys that were not perfect. Some of them were not even extremely holy and godly just yet. They were they were definitely rough around the edges. But these are the people that Jesus chose because he saw past their shortcomings. And he saw behind all that, he's like, this guy, though, I, I know he's got he's got to deal with this. But listen, if we can get past this issue, he has got a heart of gold. He is a faithful man. He is a loyal guy. And, and, and if we could just channel him in the right direction, man, he'll follow me to the end. I, th- I think about James and John. You know, they were sometimes in the New Testament called the sons of thunder because they're a little bit wild. They're, 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 these are some of Jesus' disciples. And John is the one disciple that stayed with Jesus all the way to the cross. The other guy, nobody else was even there. But John followed Jesus. John wasn't a perfect man, but Jesus saw past that. And John, all the way to the cross, Jesus is hanging there dying. And he says, John, take care of my mom when I die. And he says, Mom, this is now your son. You guys take care of each other. And John followed Jesus all the way there. But if you study, I mean, John, John wasn't a perfect guy. You know, he argued with Peter all the time. We see this, okay? There's, there's definite arguments going on between these guys. They weren't perfect, but Jesus could see past people's imperfections to see the good in them. <clears throat> you know, Matthew being a tax collector. I mean, we don't like tax collectors to this day. 
You know, anybody in here, you just love your fellow, you know, you love your IRS agents. You just appreciate the good work. No, but nobody likes. OK, and I'm sorry if you're an IRS, you know, if you're a tax agent, but we probably don't like you a whole lot. OK, anyway, but these tax collectors, they were corrupt, man. They were Jewish people that worked for the Roman government. That was like a double like you turned your back on your people. Now you're working for them and you're coming and collecting our tax money. You're cheating us and all this stuff. So Matthew was a hated man. He worked for the Romans. He turned his back on his own people as according you know, to what they would have thought. He was collecting their money and no, no, no. You, you owe a few cents over here that you didn't pay up. These were ruthless, mean guys. And Jesus is walking down the road one day. Matthew's sitting at his tax collecting booth. And Jesus says, hey, you, come follow me. And Matthew's like, are you serious, me? He said, yeah, I want you to come be one of my disciples. And Matthew gets up and leaves everything. Nobody there would have picked Matthew to be one of the twelve disciples. But Jesus saw, no, 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 I know, he's done some bad things, no doubt about it. But I'll bet that we could use him for the kingdom of God. And so if Jesus could change the world with this ragtag group of misfits, thank God that he sees the good in us. Thank God that he sees the good in us. He looks past our faults. And so he asks us to do the same thing. He says, you've been forgiven. Now you need to go forgive others. You need to look for the good in other people. Not always focus on the bad. Can I get an amen on that point? I think that's something that we need to learn as Christians is how to look for the good in other people. And so I want to show you 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is talking about when King David was being called to be king. Now, we just studied David a couple months ago. But you remember, David is a teenage boy at this time. He's got a bunch of brothers. Their dad is named Jesse. He's got all these brothers. And the prophet Samuel's like, God's telling me to go find the next king of Israel. And I'm supposed to go to Jesse and grab one of his boys. One of his sons is going to be the next king of Israel. And, And Jesse's got a bunch of... Tall, tall, strong, warrior, soldier, boys. I mean, people that you'd look at and be like, yeah, he'd make a great king. He, he's tough, he's courageous, he's good looking, all this stuff. And so Samuel gets there and he goes, no, it's not this one. No, no, it's not him. It's not him. Eliab, he, no, it's not him. And he starts going through all of them and he's like, I can't believe it. Jesse, do you have any other sons? Because none of these are the ones that God wants. He's like, well, we do have one more, but... He's the runt. He's like the little, he's the, he's the baby. He's a, he plays with sheep. We can't, he, he can't do anything. He, he, he watches the goats and the sheep. Uh, you can, if you want to, you can go take a look at him. And so they bring in David from out there in the field playing with the sheep. And Jesse says, that's the one. That's the next king of Israel. And so everybody's like, are you serious? Him? Him? But here's what, here's what is said next. First Samuel 16, verse 7. The Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. That's talking about all the other brothers. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If we could be people like that, that, that we could just not judge a book by its cover, not, not see things the way everybody else sees it and say, you know, I mean, this guy, he's nothing but bad. No, 
God looks through everything right there and says, this may be a teenage boy. Yes, maybe he hasn't been to war like his brothers have. Maybe he doesn't, you know, demonstrate these amazing leadership skills just yet. But I'm looking at his heart. That's the next king of Israel. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's what Christians are called to do. Look at the heart. Look for the good in people. That's a sign of maturity. And Jesus had to have done this with His twelve disciples. And I know this much, Jesus had to have done that when He called us. Jesus had to have looked at our heart because... How many of us just had it all together? We were living it perfect. I mean, you just, you were, you were all that in a bag of chips. You were everything, man. You had it all together. And Jesus said, yeah, there's a, you know what? I've been looking for a perfect person. There's one right there. Come be my disciple. That never happened. Jesus saw us at our very worst. And he said, come follow me. Be my disciple. I want you. I'm going to use you. I love you. He looked at our heart when nobody else would do that. People don't look at the heart. They look at, oh man, that guy's crazy. I don't don't want to talk to him. There's nothing good in him. He's always, no, don't be like that. Look at the heart. That's what Jesus did. And I'm so glad that Samuel didn't pick one of David's brothers to be king because the day came when Goliath came and all those brothers were afraid of the giant. But the little runt, he came out. He's like, I'm not afraid of that giant. I'll kill him right now. I'll cut his head off, man. I'm not, I'm not intimidated whatsoever. David went out there and talked some trash to the giant, and he killed him. So thank God that Samuel didn't look at the outward appearance, but he looked at the heart. That's a sign of a mature Christian. And so with all of that tonight, I'm just challenging us. If we're going to grow up, if we're going to start moving forward and get out of preschool as a Christian, we've got to get to the place where you don't have to always retaliate every time somebody says something about you. Somebody goes online and says something you don't like on social media. So now you just got to go rip them apart. No, 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 no. That is immaturity beyond belief. You've got to learn to let things go and turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, let things go. And when God sees you start doing that, He's going to say, you know what? He's ready to move up to the next level. I've got something better for Him. Come on up. Come on up. I'm calling you up right now. That's the sign of maturity when we can learn to play well with others. Amen? Alright, let's go ahead and end right there tonight. We're going to go ahead and stand up together. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at some good stuff over the next few weeks. Some ways that we can grow up in the Lord and move on to the bigger and better things that he has for us. Amen. Well, we'll have Josh go ahead and uh, lead us in a worship song here. But if you need prayer for anything tonight, we would love to pray for you. And man, maybe you've been struggling in even in this area of, of, of getting along with other people. And listen. If that's you, talk to God about it right now. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. But listen, let's take a minute here to worship God and pray. Amen? Go ahead. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.